Eric Robert, it's Laura. Um, I just wanted to tell you that I love you and that I'm here for you. And if I can offer anything that you offered me in just an ear or a shoulder, no judgments, all love. We're in this together. Um, I hope you know that. I'm sending you all my love and prayers. And I hope that you're safe. Okay. Hi, Eric. It's Jennifer. Your mother asked me to call you, and I've been thinking about you anyway. And um, I hope you're okay. Um, I wanted to share with you, too, as well, something else. that You know, and I wasn't the greatest mother when I was using. So um, I have met Morgan with my family members for days, and um, I always had plenty of diapers and food for her. But I did leave her and um, to get hot. So, and I got clean in 1990, so April 13th, 1990, a year later still. I felt really bad about that, and I'm glad that I changed. And um, just text me to let me know you're okay, because um, I know how wicked this disease is. And um, I love you, and just pray to your higher power. Eric, um, get some strength, reach out, do what you need to do. All right, take care now. Talk to you soon. Love you. Bye bye. Hey, it's um, Patrick. Um, it's Tuesday night. Um, just thought I'd give you a call, see what's going on. It's been a while. Um, just thought it was off chance that you might have been up. Anyway, um, give me a call again. Talk to you soon. Bye. Eric, hey man, Kenny, just checking in and saying what's up. I got some time in between jobs, but I'd say hey, hope you're doing well. I'll uh, talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, grandson, I don't know how I missed your call. I'm sitting right here with my phone, so call me back. All right, bye. Hey babe, it's Laura. Just check checking on you and seeing how you're doing. You call whenever you can. Uh, yeah, if you want to. Okay, love you. Bye. Hey, Danny. Uh, giving you a ring. It's about noon on Sunday. Give me a ring back if you want to chat for a bit. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, everybody. This is Eric Robert Hunter, and welcome to the rhetorical sake. What you just heard are voicemails I received when I hit ghost on uh, my AA meetings and this group of people, incredible, loving group of people I met over the last year and a half. And that's what happens when you get invested with people that genuinely care about you. I am going to speak straight from the heart today. I usually kind of produce the show um, a lot more than this, but clearly I need to get something off my chest and recount this recent trip excursion to uh, not Northern California, definitely not Northern, but Midway, Santa Barbara, Montecito, uh, Carpentieria. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but yeah. So welcome to the show. It's going to be a little bit more off the cuff today. 
but I want you to know that if you're looking for human connection, it's there and it's out there. And I'm not rejecting or denying human connection, but I have stepped away from the rooms of AA for my own health, and I will explain why in this episode. And also what I've learned, kind of been on some like eat, pray, love type-ish. Um, not a lot of eating, to be honest, which is rare. Usually it's a lot of eating and no loving. Very minuscule praying. Uh, but this trip was a lot of love, pray, and I want to say above. Because now I know that there's something to all of this. And... My goal, my mission, my objective is to remind you that if you're here, now that you're listening, there's something to you. There's something on you. And you got this. We're going to be all right. Welcome to the show. Take, take, take me, take me, take me to leader. Take me to leader. Welcome to They weren't ready for this one. We about to get it. Mayday. Mayday. We are spinning out of control. Mission control. Can you read me? We are flying around this thing. We are like a satellite. We are in orbit. you lost everything you thought you just wouldn't get back it's all coming back you just gotta persevere take me take me take me to your leader take me to your leader take me to your leader take me take me mayday we have crash landed we need help this planet is on fire black people in the streets if they don't come get us i don't think that we're gonna make it mission control send in the titans send in the drones send in everything you got because we need to come home one zero
All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, this is the Rhetorical Sake podcast here in uh, the month of October 2021. That is the year, and it has been a year since uh, my buddy Alex, Alexander Burke Miotti, he died unexpectedly, not intentionally, uh, and some would say maybe without warning, but from what I gather and, and meditating, contemplating, that last direct voice-to-voice conversation I had with him, it's, it's still, you know, knocks me on my ass. It just how we spoke about everything. And not to say that he knew that his homegoing time was approaching, but more so grace and mercy that we were able to discuss some tough stuff, life stuff. And he was really there uh, for me emotionally, you know, fraternally holding my hand in the spirit and getting me through a deep bout of depression. Um, a year ago, I was shocked. You know, I, I spoke to him and then we, we text all the time. I mean, nearly constantly. And I was, it just made me feel so loved and good that someone reciprocated and responded to my messages, never really had to close up the conversation. And then it would be like random phone calls, not random, but I mean, there was no, (laughs) I mean, he'd call me out the blue and, you know, just chop it up with me. And he's like, okay, well, what are you going through? What's going on? And I told him, and uh, he's like, yeah, that sounds like depression. And he just always had a way of even delivering not the best news and just the straight, blunt truth and able to make you laugh at it and smile. Um, I am driving right now to a 5k and potluck hosted and and put on in in memory of Alex by his family. And I wanted to chronicle and, and journal. I mean, if you've been listening to the show, then you've been walking with me and I appreciate each and every person, each and every listen, you know, we don't necessarily connect a lot. I (laughs) <laughs> I don't put a lot of effort into the social media correspondence, um, but it is nice to see the numbers and to see that the show is growing. And I do this now with a little bit more purpose and clarity about my calling, my vocation, what I'm set on this planet to do, because in that last conversation with Alex, he told me, you have a story to tell. You clearly have a message to deliver. He's like, keep singing, keep writing songs, 
keep writing books, keep podcasting. And for someone to see into me like that, it's powerful stuff. And I, I did recognize it at the time. Like, obviously, like I remember our discussion um, because I was just so blown away about the relief I felt even ending the call. And when you have a relationship like that with someone who sees into you, into me, into me, they see me, intimacy, intimacy. And it doesn't have to be carnal. Um, I'm reminded of Jonathan and David in the Bible and, and how it says that their hearts were knit together. That's a spiritual affection. Um, so we were deep friends and to hear where he was at before he passed and, you know, chopping it up with him. He was talking to one of our celebrity friends, um, not, I don't know, he is famous now, um, but also in a celebrity relationship. But Alex broke it down and explained the same thing that you are feeling frustrated, disappointed, depressed about. This guy over here, another one of our friends from college, is dealing with the same thing. And so it really isn't about money, um, not about fame. It's about these intimate, close, personal connections that we have with people. And for it has, it's been a year. A tumultuous year. And I've done that to myself. Um, I think learning and seeing the grieving process, how mourning takes so many different forms and how I beat myself up with really a lot of uh, still just shock and disappointment, but some survivor's guilt because I've rolled the dice. A lot of us have. Um, Most of my close friends were people that, you know, we drink, go out, come up on some coke and do some lines. And I'm still encountering just the cat the casualness i guess uh how casual it is just to do coke now that i'm reaching out you know um dating dating a bit more now which is nice something i i prayed about and you know asked god to you know show me my love who loves me who am i in love with um but also Realizing, you know, to build this house of a relationship, if, you know, as a metaphor, love being this safe place, this home, but not laying the foundation, um, you know, the deeper the foundation, the taller, the more prominent, the stronger, the edifice, the fortress, the house, the love. And so since the foundation with Alex was deeper than I showed respect to, you know, it's not a problem for me to 
to take some time on a Saturday and, and go hang out with his family. And I'm honored to be invited and just included. Um, and yeah, so, you know, this last year has taught me how short and precious sweet life is. You would think, you know, all the car accidents and just dramatic stuff I've gone through and, you know, risky situations, I might realize it more, but lately, over the last couple of months, I've been definitely reaching out more, um, going on dates. I had my little stint in the hospital last month, and that was very interesting because I met two guys uh, in the same night that I've been talking to for well over a month now. And when I was in the hospital due to COVID, you can only have one visitor and it's called your like care partner or something. So, you know, usually it'd be like family, like grandma, my mom, but this guy was like, dude, I want to come see you in the hospital. And I'm like, I've never, you've never met me before. Like, what? And at the same time, like, this is the type of relationship, this is the type of support I've been seeking. And it's that person that is going to be there with you in the hospital, that's going to pick you up from the airport. That's home. It's like when you're excited to come home because you have that embrace from that particular person. And uh, for the first time, I had a romantic interest I don't know why I always kind of land dates. Like when I had a broken leg, I started dating a guy and I'm like, I don't know how I pulled this off, but you know, I'm in the hospital and I gave him my, you know, real name. He gave me his real name and he showed up and held my hand and there was a passionate kiss and it was something I was fearful of because I'm like, this guy is about to meet me in the hospital, and thankfully, like, you don't always have to wear a gown, so I was able to, like, dress casually, but (laughs) I did make sure I asked for a razor to shave, and it was so nice. It was so heartwarming, and it was like, this is, this is what life is about, these connections, and, uh, yeah, so he hung out with me in the hospital, and He's about, what, eight years older than me. Um, Very, very attractive to me. I think he's incredibly sexy. And this is new for me because usually I would, especially with uh, pursuing men, often, you know, I would, I'll be honest, uh, be in pursuit of being a top. But in this dynamic, I know in the long run for me emotionally, um, that more, some might say effeminate, docile, uh, domestic, <laughs> but bottoming, or at least versatile, uh, that's on the table. I think when it just comes to, you know, friends with benefits, yeah, topping's cool, but there's a deep vulnerability um, to allowing someone gaining, giving them that trust and for me, you know, if you've read God Sent Dog, then you probably know why uh, that's a big deal to me. But it was so funny because 
you know, I had to get an ultrasound on my heart. And that's when, you know, he decided, okay, you know, I'm going to leave you here. Um, so we wrapped things up. So I get this ultrasound after he left and the nurse leaves and they bring me some food and that lady leaves and I cannot find my AirPods. I can't find my headphones. And I had put my backpack in the, uh, like locker, the little closet space they have in the hospital room with my wallet and stuff. Because the thing about these dating apps too, you really got to be careful, um, there have been people that have gotten robbed and jumped. Um, you know, it's like that worst nightmare scenario where you think you're about to go hook up with someone random. And that's really, it's really a risk all the time. And I guess that's why I'm trying to pursue more of a serious relationship long-term because, uh, I'm ready to just be able to trust rather than roll the dice, um, and gamble with, not even just like STDs and STIs, but just safety in general. Like you don't know, really, you don't know this person. All you're doing is talking to someone on a screen and who knows what type of creature they are, what their real intentions are. So yeah, that that's the motivation, to be honest, um, part of it. But yeah, I couldn't find my headphones and I was like, oh my God. Like, and I'm looking at find my AirPods, find my phone app, and it's telling me that the headphones are, like, right outside the hospital. I'm like, what? And that was, like, an hour ago. It was, like, right around the time he left. And I was like, oh, man, I gave this guy access to me, and he could he made, he just robbed me. Like, either a klepto, but the last time I saw those headphones, they were sitting on the table in between him and I right next to his keys and his wallet. <laughs> so I'm like freaking out because I'm like, oh my gosh, like my trust, like this guy, I think got into my wallet out. He didn't seem like he needed AirPods, but uh, I text him and I, I asked him straight up. I'm like, hey, did you take my, my AirPods? And lo and behold, he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I totally thought they were mine. Um, I just naturally put them in my pocket. He's like, I already have two pairs. I don't need yours. I don't want them. I will bring them back. So the next morning when I was in my hospital gown, uh, this cute hunk of love comes in and, and brings back my AirPods. And it was sweet. It was funny. Um, <laughs> I, I, it was just, it was the funniest, ironic, sweetest little thing that can happen while in the hospital. But yeah, um, things are going well. And then I went on a date last week uh, with the other guy that I met and that was okay. Uh, He does not talk a lot and I don't know if that's just a Pisces thing. I'm really not too big on Zodiac signs, but I do think there's some merit to it. Um, There's definitely energies and I think it just helps to be aware maybe with the dynamic because what I learned with him and talking with him, I make jokes all the time, but never poking fun at him because I've learned that Pisces can be uh, pretty sensitive and take that stuff to heart. And I'm, I'm sensitive. Like, you know, I, I believe there's some truth behind every joke type thing. So 
yeah, I just kind of, it wasn't like pulling teeth, like had a good time, but really having to get the conversation going. Um, and not that he wasn't interested, just that his, his dynamic was quiet. It, it, it's, uh, a little less, how do you say, extroverted, which is okay. Um, we found him attractive. He's a bit older than what he described himself on the app as. And I don't know where that's going. So I was talking to my close, close bestie friend. And she was like, well, what happens if you just let all these guys go? Rather than, because nothing is really like, yeah, we've had this little hospital experience and I had the other date. But, you know, people are going to do what they want to do. And I've, I've always not always, but I learned that early on, probably about 20 years ago, people will do what they want to do. If they want to be with you, they'll be with you. But if you're not really making the effort and I'm the one that's texting or, you know, starting the conversation and then kind of being left on red, then, you know, there was a fear that if I don't play this game, then I'll miss out. But actually that frees up space for the right person that's going to give me the love, respect, the affection, and attention that I I require. And I'm learning that affirmations are really big for me. I don't know why I'm sharing all this personal stuff, but whatever. Um, Yeah, and I think that's why with the quiet guy, I'm like, I don't know how I can do this because I need you to affirm your interest in me, your love. And Not for the entirety of our relationship, if we're going to go long term, but especially in the beginning, because, yes, this is new to me, like dating a man, um, like seriously dating, not just high school stuff, going to prom, stuff like that. Um, And it's a rush, but I do know maybe my love language is uh, affirmations, like speech and hearing And I I think that's also based on a lot of insecurity with myself. Um, So I see it. I can see it now. But the only reason I can see it now is because I'm I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to change, trying to grow, trying to be a little bit better, um, a little bit more adventurous. And if I want something like a healthy, loving relationship with a partner, then I got to get out there, you know, um, and that's what dating's all about. So there's no like big heartbreak, you know. I haven't heard from these guys. Yeah, I'm a little frustrated, but it's just been a couple of days since I stopped really giving them that much attention. Um, but you know, a little distance makes the heart grow fonder. Kind of realize what you have, what you don't have it, type thing. It is what it is. So. Yeah, I am cruising towards this event. I'm running late. I'm just so grateful for friends that are more like family. Um, my Auntie Graham hooked me up with uh, some drinks for everybody and cake and pasta. And so I don't get to show up empty-handed um, because of that love, because somebody's got my back. And it's just, it's great. It's great to feel that. Um, I really want to wrap up this next book. I just wrote about something that was uh, pretty traumatic for me personally. And 
sometimes after writing stuff like that, as cathartic as it is, I do just kind of push away from the desk and I'm like, I need to let this go for a second because it's, it's hard to keep reliving. And I think that's where I, I've struggled with the 12 step programs you know, of AA right now. It took, you know, therapy for me to realize, you know, I have been dwelling on all this stuff that I either feel bad about or felt guilty, felt shame. Uh, the stuff, you know, that you, you work through when you're in a 12-step program. But to be sitting on that, and I've done the 12 steps, like, all the way through twice. Um, to be And some of them are ongoing for, you know, depending on how you work them. But to be sitting on that for four years looking at just kind of like how bad of a person I am when I was drinking, almost forgot that I'm a good guy. Like my therapist asked me to give myself some, some compliments. What are some good traits, qualities of mine? And I was so hung up on all this stuff from my past that I forgot how great I really am. And I just, I don't want anybody else to do that. I mean, in the midst of it all, do what you got to do to clean up your act. But um, beating ourselves up. I mean, geez, like someone told me, put the bat down and stop beating yourself up. Um, so it's a, it's not a weird place. I feel a lot more alive. And rather than doing this all or nothing, oh, I'm NAA, I'm sober. This is my life. I do these meetings every day. Like, I'm not saying AA doesn't work. I think that the, the desire of the heart for me is to be sober, spiritually connected with my higher power. Of course, my mind, my body is a bit distracted and now, you know, losing people uh, kind of over and over throughout the course of this last 31 years of my life um, from, you know, women and men that raised me to, you know, my godmother, to the man that raised me, to Miyoti, uh, to my childhood dog, Theodore. Life is so short. I don't have to, you know, get drunk and burn it all down to the ground. But I'll be honest, like right now, it's hard for me to do the all or nothing thing. It's really hard. And the more I hear what's being said in the rooms, it's like, there's a part of me that's like, dude, like, this is a cult. And maybe it is a cult. Maybe it's not. I don't think that it is. Uh, they don't ask anything of me but sincerity and honesty and presence. So I think ultimately, like, it is so healthy. It's so healthy to be a part of. And then getting down to the work, I guess I'm... It's like taking the same class in college, like if you have to withdraw, withdraw, fail, you got to retake it in order to graduate over and over. Um, but this is also contempt prior to investigation because I have not gotten more than five months sober um, before. So I'm work I would like to get, you know, a year and then reevaluate before I totally throw in the towel 
uh, but it just got got redundant, um, got stale, as things will do. Uh, yeah, there's a concept. I'm not going to introduce it right now because I'd actually I'm really thinking about it uh, for a book or some type of you know piece of literature because it's a beautiful metaphor about sobriety. Um, in any case, I'm going to get back to driving. I just want to check in. This might be the whole episode. There might be more. But this is where I'm at, and I'm a little nervous. Um, Alex's brother gave me the location of where he's buried. So I'm going to go see him, uh, his, his, his site, where him and his dog are buried after this. So I might check back in, but... Not as nervous as I thought I'd be, to be honest. Just uh, still a little heartbroken, I guess. A little disappointed that this is the way things, you know, turned out. Um, Very grateful. Very, very grateful. and cherishing all the memories of him. Um, The waterworks, you know, came up a couple of days ago, and I'm sure there'll be some, some tears. So I'll be honest, I did not think I was going to be able to hold it together um, approaching the venue, but they did say it was at a park and I did not have cash, so I had to leave there and go get some money out the ATM. And when I came back and paid while I'm rolling into the park, uh, it was just probably like a mile, I would think half a mile deep different sections baseball fields you know i see the group leaving out and they're wearing t-shirts with pictures of alex's face and so i know i'm i'm in the right place i know i'm late as well and even once i park my car i have to take out all the goodies that my auntie graham sent me with shout out to auntie graham tracy i love you Um, Because I would have shown up not empty-handed, but definitely not as well-prepared. And she sent me with sodas and ice and cake and pasta salad. And that's the beautiful thing about connection is that you really, like, if you ask, if you reach out, we're not that alone. Like, people genuinely want to help each other. And that is new for me. I I don't know if that's from being an only child, maybe an only child with a single parent, and it's just having to be super independent. So it's hard for me to ask for help. It's hard for me to say, look, I'm doing this, and I might not be able to handle it all. And I think that's one of the best things about now, like, working for myself, um doing this podcast is that it's just me and I know that's unhealthy in a way but I always like sports like that like I loved wrestling in high school I loved swimming um, because it was me and cumulative yes team sport but when it comes to the actual action me fulfilling a role like when I played football I was always either a tackle very rarely center but tackle 
and that just means you're a big guy and you do the same thing over and over for an hour and a half, two hours. Um, and that has just never been my steez. I think I like the creativity that comes with being an independent competitor. So with that, um, got there and even though most of the participants had left, I obviously spotted Alex's sister with the baby that looks just like him, in my opinion, um, and his mom, and got to take that stuff out my trunk, this big cooler with ice and sodas, and hand that over, but also just meet them for the first time, because I had met his dad his dad helped us out when we needed to live. Well, we didn't need. I mean, we wanted to live together in Calabasas um, with three other of our friends. Two of them are fraternity brothers. And so I always kind of had this guilt and shame kind of hanging over me because of how that Calabasas situation went down. Because during that time, my parents got divorced. And, you know, I wasn't good with money. I was not and I had this Jeep I was paying for which eventually got repossessed literally at the house while I was sleeping they came and picked it up um and then I hit the road you know I said hello you know I I greeted met the family not the dad so much not Mr. Miyoti but his sister and his mom and I saw his older brother was running with the group. He was leading the pack, kind of. But he did not come in first. I know that because on my way out. So I started running. And these two girls are on their way back wearing these shirts that, you know, are like in memory of Alex. And then on the way, the route, they put up signs. And so I'm just running through the Santa Barbara, like, inland California agriculture it is california like that's really what california is a lot of people think california is just a beach and it's not california is the climate and there's something about the rain shadow and the mountains and being able to harvest and grow and it's so fertile that i think that is why industry and and the lure of just being in California the sound of it to say that California we forget really the the heart of it is the oranges that grow on the trees the clementines um so I'm running past these groves and I just have this incredible run it didn't feel like a 5k at all it felt like one mile I every time my uh Nike run app told me okay 10 minutes have passed you've run this much it didn't feel like that and I was like I didn't want it to end and at the same time I'm like well why are we here and trying to think about him but anyway get back it's a great time you know I always if you are standing in the corner or if you don't have anyone talking to you I'm usually going to come up to you especially at a place where it's a social gathering um and that's what I did and I made a great friend I think and that was that we chilled we talked passed the time but it was in the meantime 
Mr. Miyoti, I just felt like he kept putting me on the spot, man. Like, I was like, dude, like, come on, man. This is not, this is about Alex. And, uh, I got a Miyoti dollar. And that means that I won a competition trivia or the race. I did not win the race, so I'll tell you that. But there's a dollar in my wallet that will stay there because I'm going to, it's a reminder. And I like that. That was cool. Um, yeah, it was a great, great time with people that we just all knew that we knew Alex. And when I left, I um, got the address before I actually got to the event, before I actually even made it out that way. Uh, I texted his older brother, Robbie, who dat me up on the way in he was running back in and I was running out to do the 5k which would it took what half an hour 40 minutes but I'm a slow slow runner I mean I'm a big boy and uh, we shook hands but he had sent me I asked him straight up I was like look I need to know where he's buried because I think I want to go visit that that space and so after that I went down this valley road canyon road um to carpentieria i don't know how to say that name it's super long but that's where alex is buried um and i got there and i hadn't been to a, a cemetery in a long time but i knew this is where he was and so i found where he's laid to rest and I sat next to it. Um, hey, I know I'm interrupting the show, but I gotta tell you guys, check out God Sent Dog on Kindle, as well as Chasing God Alcoholically. Those are my two books, and there's a third one on the way. But if you want some short, good reads, check them out. ERHunter.live. That's ERHunter.live. You can check me out on Instagram. I'm at the rhetorical stake. The rhetorical sake, not the rhetorical stake. Um, some people think it's Saki. It's not Saki. It's the rhetorical sake, like for heaven's sake, for heaven's purpose, for rhetorical purpose. So if you get asked a rhetorical question, no answer is implied and that to me is life so that's what this show is all about anyway that's the deal that's where it's at that's the only marketing you're going to get on this episode i appreciate you all i love you thank you so much for listening all right i'm about to dive back in and we're going to get to me experiencing alex at his gravesite. because apparently there's a bunch of weddings going on in uh, Capper 
Teneria, I think that's where I was. Just left uh, Alex's grave. Really did not want to leave. And I didn't feel that way until I actually <clears throat> was like right there angled on his grave, like literally where his body didn't feel right, you know, sitting down. But I, I sat down next to it in the front part. And this has been hard. Like, that was hard. And it, it got hard. It got tough. It got difficult. got emotional when I had to think about his family. I'm... I don't know. I don't know what I am. Kind of reeling. And I... <laughs> Um, I guess I'm looking for outside stuff to fill this void of maybe grief or the God-sized hole inside me, but man, that was such an experience. Just So when I got there, rolled into this park, forgot that it was, they only take cash, so I had to leave. It was late. When I came back, I see the group of people, his brother leading these people, older brother, uh, leading these people out on a run, 5K. Honestly, to be honest, for me now, it's not big at all. Like, that's nothing. And didn't feel like it was challenging. Um, and I'm grateful for that. I... I Give that to, I give credit to consistency, persistence. Wow, I'm staring at um, the Pacific Ocean on my right and a bunch of hills on my left, but gosh, it makes me realize why I miss California. This is beautiful. I'm recording this once again while I'm driving and probably one of the better times. Turn down the AC. Um, yeah, so... Saw his sister from a distance, knew that, you know, that's the spot because I recognized her just from our communication and the fact she's holding a baby, a nice, healthy, not big, you know, healthy baby. I mean, and he's going to be strong and you can just tell Alex is on him, around him. And the craziest part, I'm going to say this before I forget it. Towards the end of that today, that stay there for a few hours, I wanted to take pictures with the family. And I saw his sister and his brother grabbing food. No one else was around the buffet. So I said, hey, like, can I get a selfie? And his brother was like, yo, like, yeah, but do you want someone else to take a picture? So his brother actually asked his fiance. Oh, I've been seeing on Instagram as well. I'm so stoked for them. Congrats. Congrats. Um, dude, and he has that same disposition that is just like undeterred optimism. Undeterred optimism. Everything is going to be okay. And when I was saying goodbye to him, I, I told him straight up, I was like, I did not want to come here because of the reason, but I'm glad I did, and I know I needed to, but good lord, and he's like, yeah, it's a fun run, 
smiling, laughing. I want to get to that point. I want to be that guy that no matter what, it's not even a forced smile. It was natural. Anyway, the baby, when we were posting for the picture, starts grabbing at me. And I was laughing at Natalie, and I think she knew what I was going to say. I'm like, this kid is going to give me a titty twister. Because I have a big chest. Everybody knows. I mean, when you meet me, but I'm I'm not embarrassed about it too much now, but it just makes me wonder, like, what is going on with me? And looking more into it, I mean, it could be an estrogen, testosterone, progesterone thing, but weight loss is a big thing. So I really can't complain about it until I lose the weight. But this baby was grabbing my chest every time he was in his mom's arms next to me. And so I'm like, can I hold him? And I was holding him. But the sun, the way we were, the angle we were taking the picture, the sun was in the sky looking, facing us. So so we were facing west. And it was just too bright for him. So he was not comfortable, which is okay. I just was so... You know, you don't really go up to a a new mom and be like, hey, can I hold your baby? But when the baby's like literally getting out of his mom's arms to be held by you, it was very humbling. It was very humbling. And and spending time with Alex's dad and his mom. This has been a long day, you guys. It's been a long day. Not sad. I mean... It got sad when I went to his grave. So I left there. Uh, Let me back up. Let me back up. So, yeah, when I got there, most of the people that were going to do the 5K had left because I passed them walking in. They were all running. And I see his sister and his mom at the site. And so I had to bring out, you know, the sodas and the cake and the pasta salad that I was sent with. Kudos to Bo's mom. Love you. I don't usually like saying names on this podcast as I go by ER Hunter, but if you know me, you know who I am, so you'll be alright. Um, yeah. And so just delivered those and hit the, hit the pavement. Started slapping that pavement with the rubber soles on my feet. Beautiful. It was a great run, running through Ojai, California. Wow. And I will say, I mean, a lot of what was on my mind, and I don't, I'm not, this. I don't want this podcast to be political. I really don't. But Aubrey Marcus running in his white t-shirt. I was wearing black with a neon stripe on my shorts, but I really... Usually, if I'm running on the street, I would wear a bright color because I don't want to give you an excuse to run me over. Like, oh, he was wearing dark colors. Couldn't see him. Natural tones. The Every mile, every time it told me I was 10 minutes in, I was like, what? Like, this feels like nothing. And I needed to, I needed to sweat. I needed to detox. I needed to just cleanse and it was such a cleansing run it was peaceful I was by myself had one airpod in and 
gosh, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. His mom is so beautiful. Like, I, me and her stay in touch so much online. And then you meet somebody that you're really connected to online. And you see them in the flesh. And they're like, it's, it, she's just, she's amazing. I really, I'm enamored by her. And I'm going to hold what we talked about personally confidential, but end all be all. I love that family and I hate that this is how we met because of the There's no way I'd be where I'm at if it weren't for their son. And I'm saying alive and just not depressed. And maybe I am dealing with some depression. And that's that's some real stuff. I mean, I, I don't know how ongoing or when it resolves itself. I wish there were more. But I don't feel depressed. Maybe because I'm in California. Um, saying goodbye was hard to them didn't want to leave them and it was so funny because that feeling replicated when I was at Alex's grave so what I did jumped to the coast since Ojai is inland and I went to see his grave and I know I needed it I know I needed it and I'll be honest I stopped by the liquor store and I bought um couple of shots, little miniatures. Oh, jeez, I just missed my exit. And I left one there for him, and I poured some out for him. But he was there. He was totally there. I totally felt him. Like, just this feeling of that, no matter what, dude, everything's okay. Everything is going to be fine. You just keep going. And that's where we get caught up in our heads. We keep thinking that this is the end-all, be-all. How am I going to go on? All this is crashing down. Fuck that. You keep going. It's okay. Just get up out the bed, and you're going to be all right, buddy. You're going to be okay. That's what I always got for him, and so I know he was there with me, and it was when I was... Literally, I was taking a picture, and I told him, I was like, this is not for Instagram, but people need to know, like, I'm in pain, this is painful, and people also need to know, cocaine is not cool anymore, it used to be cool, but when you have that stuff chopped up with fentanyl, you don't know what you're snorting up your nose, you literally just don't know, like, yeah, you can test a piece of it, it doesn't mean the piece that you snort is pure coke or something like that like it is just i i felt the unfairness and i'm mad again and i didn't want to leave did not want to leave but you know what this is just the first time of many time i'm visiting it and who knows i probably won't podcast about it too much more but i know i needed to now So I just want to thank his family. I thank him for the memories, for all the advice that he gives me and gave me. I want to be a good guy, and I am a good guy. It's just, it's hard. 
everything that's gone on. Maybe now we're getting back to normal, but this says right turn only, and I'm, I think I'm just going to break the law and make a left turn. Sorry, did that on the podcast. Okay, anyway, um, this is my little tidbit post, post hanging out with the fam. Um, I'm going to a hotel, which is way overpriced. And then tomorrow I will stay with my auntie. I'm so grateful for this venue. This is not where I'm supposed to be going. Alright, I need to get off this. Alright, love you guys. Dude, what? So what happened after that was that I did check into that hotel and I didn't stay. I ended up going to a guy's house that I met online on a dating app, dating app, quote unquote. Um, This guy rocked my world. He rocked my world. He was absolutely everything I missed about Malibu he is a surfer he is just at peace he he's fought through his own demons and PTSD which is what I suffer from and he didn't take advantage of me when I was drunk And for the next day and a half, I spent it with him. And during that day and a half, I learned a lot about myself. I learned what I've been missing. How being away from the ocean, the water, pains me. Um... (laughs) I'm... I'm trying to trying to pick and select but of what I want to tell and share uh without sharing too much and I know for me like divulging on this show is the benefactor but I also have to keep myself safe Jack his name is Jack and Jack reminded me of the man that I was 10 years ago. He reminded me of the college student. Not the not necessarily I was I never really considered myself a student because I've always had to be ahead of the curve, but and I know that sounds cocky as ever, but it is true. Um, I never really understood academia. It's like, if you comply, you succeed. And I didn't get that until it was over. 
I didn't get that because I was always trying to challenge the system. So with Jack, you know, all the surfboards around, the surf wax, his dogs, the Santa Barbara air. I felt so safe and he saved my life pretty much because I had been drinking. I'd been drinking because I was traveling. I'm going to admit that. Um, I didn't drink with him at all. And it was a stark realization that this is life. Like, this is real. And we had very passionate, very passionate moments. Um, <sighs> There's so much going through my mind right now. I'm, I'm trying to... Because like I said, I didn't produce this episode. Literally, this is one of the realest ones. Um, I didn't eat that much, but I was praying and thanking God while I was in between his sheets. He gave me his bed. And to be in between the sheets of a man that is so into you and calls you beautiful and reminded me reminded me he was like your skin is so smooth and he just reminded me that I am this beautiful beautiful creature I didn't know I needed that sometimes we don't know what we need I'm gonna vape sometimes we don't know what we need But I needed Jack more than I ever thought I'd, I'd, I don't need anything, anybody. I thought I needed Alex. I thought I needed that, him. He, he died. He's gone. And so I've been cold, stone cold for the last year and a half. And now this man cracked me open. I was like, no, you're, you you can stay here. You can chill. Just chill and ride the wave. And he would come into the room and he'd say, Aloha. Aloha, brother. And that's what it was. That's what it is. That's who I am. I love getting out on the water. And like the one thing about this trip that irks me is that I did not paddle out. Well, that's not the only thing, but it is something. So, yeah, Jack, Jack saved my life, in my opinion. And I'm not sharing all the details. You'll, you'll have to sit down with me in person to hear all that. And I hope that you do, if you're listening to this. But I know that I needed him. I know that it was God. I know that something transpired while I was in that area up north. Santa Barbara, Carpentieria, Montecito is where Jack lives. And he saved me. Because I was drinking 
out of loneliness and literally he took away that immediately immediately and I did not need anything else now thank god I wasn't at a point where oh my gosh like I need alcohol to function and that's what he liked about me is that he was like you didn't you don't fight me on this you were just you're here and you, I can tell that you want this too and I'm like yeah and oh my gosh beautiful hands just an amazing person an amazing person and it, it hurt leaving and so for me I connect dots to what I was raised on and yes I was raised in a religious environment but recently what got brought up was earthing and taking your shoes off and you know with Jack he was like no no socks no socks are to be worn in my bed so he took off my socks and you know socks regulate your body's system actually so even if it feels hot if you wear socks your body will actually acclimate they've done studies on mice I, I can find them and put them in the show notes but like I said speaking from the heart today um yeah, he took off my socks and that is kind of what I regret about not doing at Alex's gravesite was being barefoot and because earthing is a, is a human we have our bare feet and if we stand on raw ground general earth there are ions there's a magnetic field and there's actually a transfer of ions that we absorb after about 20 30 minutes we transfer these ions into our feet so yes i'm gonna get religious and it doesn't have to be religious it could be colloquial it could be just an adage but this burning bush scene with moses and the burning bush and he's talking to it and it says god says take off your sandals this is holy ground now for me there's no way to deny that god understands i made these humans out of clay i drew you from this earth so when you stand barefoot on it i've actually endowed you with an ability to transfer your magnetic field and become one with this synergy become one with this earth with this planet with this soil and so when he tells moses to take off his sandals i'm like okay holy ground i get that but then i'm thinking about earthing as well game changer game changer now we're talking about uploads a lot of people say they get stuff from god and it's a download i'm talking about an upload so when i was at alex's grave and i could feel his energy I could feel him. That was an upload. That's what I needed. Maybe my heart needed it, my soul, but something... I made it there. From wherever I was at in the world, and within a year, after a year. It took a year. It took a year. And that I beat myself up for because I wasn't able to be at the ceremony. I wasn't able to be there right when he died talk to him the day that he died 
but it's not just about Alex this is about this connection and this is what I'm realizing and I hope other people realize is that we can have this with people we can have this with this life we have so much more ability and power than what we let on this is not just about getting a lot of likes on Instagram this is about real stuff and the real stuff is this I'm going to change the subject it is now I'm going to address this AA dilemma I'm in because I'm not doing 12 steps right now because like I mentioned if I focus on everything I did bad everything I did wrong for the last part of my life which is all that I know I tend to forget that I am a good person I'm a good man and I don't want anyone else to suffer through that I mean it look whatever it takes to stop drinking and that's what Jack taught me was that it was human connection yeah I was running around and and drinking but it stops when I allow myself to be vulnerable with someone else someone that can read me see me feel me be with me and that's what I thought that I lost I thought I would never get Alex back but at the end of the day and I've been thinking about this today is that some people they uh, they worry about the rapture I guess when Jesus comes back and getting taken up to heaven like my aunts have this story about when like a sunroof in their car opened up automatically without warning and one of them thought it was Christ coming back and then I was talking to my housemate and he thought you know he was experiencing but for me because I've had a vision I had a vision Halloween 2001 right after 9-11 it was 2001 2002 um, where I got taken up in the sky I saw three crosses floating in the sky and then I blinked and I was flying through the clouds. My eyes were closed but I knew what was happening. I was getting taken up and it just felt like pieces of me were breaking off. It felt like this clay mold of who I thought I was was breaking off and I heard chains rattling, dropping. So it was clay dropping off of me but chains clinking as they fell and this new essence this being this everything that I already was not even knew who I was was shining through and it was beautiful it was absolutely amazing and I'm going to have more podcasts and I got to get it out there you know the this type of not I, I want to say prophetic but just this transcendent these moments because I've been having dreams and this stuff has been happening like I've been having dreams before stuff happens there's something on me there's something happening in the world there's a shift Um, it's beautiful it's scary at the same time and like I've probably mentioned before I thought that I was crazy I really did I thought that when I took tests 
they were going to tell me, okay, you're, you have this mental condition. Only thing they're telling me, PTSD, anxiety, depression. That's what I struggle with. And I have lived through people, whatever, whoever, trying to break me through that. And so I know those aren't going to break me. <clears throat> what will break me is a lack of faith, is a lack of hope. And that's the purpose today is that there is hope. And I don't know why people are so scared. I mean, if you believe in Christ or you have some religious background, even when and I know Jesus is coming back. I don't know if it will be in our lifetime. So I will say if when and if Jesus comes back and there's this rapture where we are caught up in the sky, you don't have to be scared. It's I, I, that was the only thing when I came back I was like I just please don't ever do that again because it wasn't that I didn't like it it was the coming back that I didn't like it was the landing that oh my gosh I'm back and there's this whole other world <sighs> yeah we got we got a lot more stuff to talk about I think this is it for this episode. I think I needed to get this off my chest. I think we're good. Um, I don't know if I'm going to call this holy ground. I don't know if I'm going to call this above pray love. I don't know. What I do know is that I'm grateful for each and one of you listeners. I'm grateful for the people that support me. Um, the people that impart to me. Like Mr. Miyoti. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thanks, dude. What we have right here, it is a situation. Um, and it can be tough. But I really think if we hang in there, if we strive, then we realize that it's we, not I. We're going to get through it. Keep searching out keep looking keep keep venturing try new things and honestly i went for broke this time i don't recommend that for everybody but i had to do it i'm nervous there's a financial thing you know running around doing all this living hotel to hotel but you know what i got a smile on my face tonight because i live life i have lived life and we get to keep doing it so take advantage because this is just a moment take your shoes off absorb that energy from the ground it'll treat you right alright I'm out of here ciao well daddy I've been trying I just can't catch a break there's too much in this world that I can't seem to shake I remember your words, Lord, they bring me the chills. Keep your nose on the grindstone and out of the pills. Welcome to
loneliness is just absolutely insufferable. They walk in, they grab you by the chin, they lift your head up, they lock eyes and they say, uh-uh, not today, we're not gonna have it, you got this. have a certain parent in your life you gotta grow up quick you don't have no siblings you gotta grow up quick and sometimes you get burnt out when you have to keep growing up quick but it's that burnout it's that exhaustion that brings on recovery so don't despise the hard times don't despise the pain embrace it it's here to grow you